The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is sponsored by Soul CBD. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I always kind of had a feeling as a kid that I felt different in school. I felt like other kids were able to finish the book or watch the boring movie about the presidents or whatever. And I was like, get me out of here. This is jail. I just want to go do something fun and creative. And so it wasn't until about two years ago that I was like, hey, I want to go to the clinic and actually see what's going on. That's kind of why we started. We had no idea it would, it would start to grow and it would take off the way it did. But I knew in my heart that I had to change my lifestyle, start meditating, learn breath work, diet, like all these things that I wasn't talking to doctors about. And so that was really the birth of the company is like, what is the CBD stuff? Oh, it's all natural. It comes from hemp. I want to look into it. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. Today, we're sitting down with the founders of Soul CBD, Angie Lee and Mike Lee. This sibling duo founded Soul in 2018 after their personal journeys with holistic wellness led them to dive into natural ways to fix anxiety, sleep, and pain, many things that many of us struggle with. Angie's a podcaster, content creator, speaker, and aspiring comedian who struggled with ADHD and decided to forge her own path to wellness with her brother, Mike, who is a former world-ranked professional boxer who decided to retire following the diagnosis of an autoimmune disorder, which we get into here. This is a wild story. Today, we get into how your body responds to stress, how CBD can affect your brain when it comes to stress, sleep, and pain. We also get into the difference between CBD and THC, what to use for periods, cramps, and PMS, all things menstruation, exciting stuff, and the alter ego effect. This thing's really a wellness-packed episode for all of you wellness freaks out there. With that, Angie and Mike, welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I heard you guys are very, very good at podcasting. That's she, something I did hear about you. Angie's better than me. I've done a, see, it's interesting. I've done a lot of interviews during my boxing career, but now kind of diving into the entrepreneurial health and wellness is, is newer for me, but I was so used to it during my career with all the fights and all the PR and kind of bullshit you have to go How through. How long did you box for? I had a 10 year career. Wow. I turned pro at 21, right out of college. I'm so, are we just running? Yeah, we're, we're running. running. Yeah, we're running. yeah we're there here. we go. Running and gunning. It's happening. We're, we're running here. and gunning. <laughs> yeah. I turned pro at 21, right out of college. I got signed by top rank. So for me, it was like getting signed by the Yankees because they had Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. And I just won the Chicago Golden Gloves and things started kind of taking off. And I ended up finishing with 22 fights, finished 21 and one. And then my last fight, I fought for a world title at MGM Grand for the uh, IBF 168-pound world title in uh, July of 2019, and then uh, retired because I was tired of getting punched in the face. How old were you when you retired? I was 32. That's what's crazy about fighting as a career. I mean, like, okay, 32. Wait a minute. You, know, you have to retire. I am reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, and I'm seeing the prep that goes into these bodybuilding. And I'm not saying it's the same, but there's mm -hmm. similarities. When you decide that you're going to do this, what does the prep look like? It's one of the most grueling sports in the world, right? right? I, I and, need to like specifics on this prep. Well, and you, and you really feel isolated. Like you definitely have a team, but the interesting thing about boxing is, you know, whether you're fighting for in Madison Square Garden or a small fight, when the bell rings, you go forward and the rest of your team and posse that's behind you goes back, right? So you're alone in there. But in terms of the routine, it's usually like for a big fight, like 
eight to 10 week camp and in a training camp, you have multiple sessions of strength conditioning. You have sparring, which is basically fighting, but with headgear on you have body work. It's basically just getting you your body and mind in top shape for that exact moment. And it's wild that, you know, for instance, fighting for the world title was a dream of mine since I was eight years old and I first put on gloves. And it's, it's wild in boxing that a moment like that, that you dream of at most could last 36 minutes, 12 rounds. Are you doing things like running, lifting, or is it just boxing that you're doing to prepare for this? You're doing both. So there's a strength and conditioning aspect of it because you're trying to increase your game, but obviously the boxing is at the forefront. And then on top of that, it's also managing injuries, managing your health and wellness, and then managing your weight. That's the one thing I'm really happy I don't have to do anymore. I got so shredded. (laughs) Well, so my last fight, that last title fight, my agent called me and with the opportunity and it was dream come true. And right away he was like, it's one weight class lower than what you're used to. What are you weighing right now? And I told him, we're good. Like, I'm like 182 pounds. Like, we're fine. The fight was at 168. I hung up the phone, stepped on the scale. I was 202. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. What do you do? I wanted the fight. I lost 33 pounds, whatever it was. How? Tell them. It's not fun. <laughs> Tell them. Well, first of all, I, I had months to prepare, but... Be, be really honest. And this is, but this weight. is just a... Ten, like, you're just getting down for just this fight, and then you can come back up, obviously. That is the one thing you got to keep in mind. So... I weighed in at 167, 24 hours before the fight. And then by the time I step in the ring, I'm 15 pounds heavier. And that's what? common for fighters to put on 15, 20 plus pounds in between. A lot of it's water weight. They talk about this a lot now, a lot of, because like, that's what they're saying is like the weigh in versus what you're actually stepping in the ring is, is completely so, different. So, so wait, so how do you go from 208 pounds, you said? Two, I think. Yeah. Okay. Two, to, to 160 Lauren's got her notebook. 168. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Give, us, give us some tips. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tell us. I need to lose so, this baby weight. <laughs> I got to give credit to my nutritionist. His name's Andy Galpin. He does a lot of stuff with Andrew Huberman. He's just a genius. So he's one of those guys that like, he tells me what to eat, when to eat. And you're going to wake up at 172.5. And I wake up at 172.5. So a lot of it is for me, I definitely want to get my carbs in because I'm training really hard. But it's all about bringing that weight down the week of the fight or even two weeks for the fight. And at that point, it's kind of water manipulation. So maybe you're prepping for a show or you're just trying to lose weight temporarily or whatever it is. You, you do a lot of like sweating it out. So we're in the sauna, we're wearing like sweatsuits, we're putting something called abilene all over our body, which is- No water? You're not well, drinking water. Towards the la- I think I didn't drink water for probably 24 hours or so. That's very common. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of the weight is water weight. A significant amount of it because come fight week, I was probably eight pounds overweight. And they don't tell you to load on protein. They say a little carb because you're training. A little carb, but especially the week of, we almost go into a little bit of ketosis. And that's how we're right. So we're going very high protein, very high fats, and that keeps me satiated. And then nothing with sodium, right? So like pickles or anything that would like add to that water weight is really important to keep out of your diet. Pickles. God, I'm not saying pick- I fuck with a pickle. I love a juicy pickle. Pickles I love are fine. a juicy pickle. <laughs> but if you're about to fight for a world title and you got to hit weight, otherwise you don't get paid. A pickle is like not what you should be eating before you get in a bikini. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Perfect. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Okay, okay. So simultaneously while you're doing all this, Angie, I know you are so entrepreneurial. You have a whole story. What are you doing while he's prepping for this fight? While Mike is fighting, I'm hosting live events, my podcast, building my online brand. And I had already been obsessed with health and wellness. Mike's doing all his crazy biohacks to shed weight. 
Yeah, it was really interesting because when we decided to come together and start start Soul, you know, I was just dealing with a lot of anxiety as a speaker, hosting these big events, building my brand, just working a lot in my 20s. He was dealing with a lot of the, the repair that was necessary and all mm. of the stuff he had to go through with boxing. So that's kind of when we came together and we were like, should we should we do this? We both are using this. Let me so. ask both of you. This so yeah, is... I was doing personal brand stuff while he was getting punched in the face. It sounds like <laughs> both of you have like a you know, an interest in personal health, wellness, sports, brother and sister grew up in Alabama. What was your parent? What were your parents like? Were they, <laughs> were they focused on these kind of activities and wellness and health? And yeah, it, it's interesting. You say that my, my dad brought me to a gym, as I mentioned, when I was eight years old. And as I get older, I kind of realized that a lot of the reason I became an athlete was really like searching for his love and his approval. And I probably should have retired earlier than I did. What happened to me is I was about 12 and 0 undefeated in the middle of my career. And all of a sudden I started getting really sick. We had to cancel a big fight. It was my first fight on HBO. My immune system shut down. I ended up spending the next almost two years in and out of hospitals battling what we later found out was an autoimmune disease. And that really was just the start because with autoimmunity, it, it takes over and it becomes a domino effect. So what autoimmune? It's called ankylosing spondylitis. It affects the... I've the never heard of that. What is that? It affects the spine. It's inflammation that affects the spine. But I also was diagnosed with Lyme disease and they thought I had lupus. It was it was a whole just kind of series of, of tough moments in my life. And I really do believe looking back at it now because I was so healthy at the time, I was in such fight or flight, literally. And my nervous system was just out of whack that when things came in to upset it, it just wrecked havoc. And so it took a long time for me to get back in the ring. You know, Adam from Strong Coffee, you know, Strong Coffee Company? Yeah, you know? yeah. He was a fighter and he, same thing. He said his nervous system was so fucked and like he was in great shape. And one day like he was sparring and his shoulder just like completely exploded. Like mm. the, all the tension, all the stress, all like the abuse that he carried, it just, hey Adam, how are you doing, man? It just exploded. And like on paper, he was super healthy. Everything looked good, but it was just like his nervous system was just so shot. The cortisol. Yeah. It's, it's a so fighter true thing, though. There's that book, The Body Keeps Score. It sounds like that's mm. what was happening to you but yes. for, for, I have a couple questions Lyme disease is this from a tick they say it is although not where you get it and when you get it is kind of questionable right so all I know is it's chronic Lyme for me and so fighting it naturally with not with antibiotics is kind of the route that we've gone the other one is inflammation of the spine does that have to do with fighting like actual fighting or is do you think it's a byproduct of the cortisol from fighting I think it's a byproduct just of the autoimmune disease you know I, I think Part of it with autoimmunity is genetics and then and lifestyle is a huge indicator, right? So I had a gene known as HLA-B27, which is a good indicator for ankylosing spondylitis, but not the indicator. So what triggered that I do think is my lifestyle and what upregulated or downregulated those genes was my lifestyle, which at the time was my body didn't realize. I mean, I was fighting for my life. I mean, people die in the ring. And so I think I was struggling with that internally because I started winning. I had Super Bowl commercials. I got to fight in Mass Square Garden. Like all my quote unquote dreams are coming true. But deep down inside, I didn't want to do it. I am such an empath. I was hurting people. I was getting hurt, broken noses. And I think that I, it took a long time for me to realize there was this disconnect between what my soul wanted and what society and all these other people wanted. And I was just searching for that love. So I kept fighting and kept winning until finally it was just enough's enough, too much pain. When you're in the ring hurting people, what is that like? You To me, you seem like a very like gentle person. It's, it's hard to like imagine that. I think I've become two different people. During the ring walk, 
I did a lot of visualization. I did a lot of mental prep, but I really, I love competition. I don't like fighting. So I don't like hurting someone, but I want to win at all costs. I'll do anything to win. Two fights ago, I broke my rib in the second round for a, a junior world title. And I went eight rounds with a broken rib, got back to the dressing room. I won the fight somehow. To this day, I don't know how. Completely collapsed and spent the entire night in the hospital till four or five a.m. with the broken rib. Oh, you so, can't do anything for that, right? You just gotta lay there, huh? You just gotta lay there. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. So your mentality really dictates kind of if you can get through those and what type of fighter you are. But it was always, as I mentioned, that kind of disconnect, and it really taught me that like I need to get into things that I feel alignment with in my soul. Right? I need to be truthful to myself and boxing and sports and pain on other people and myself was no longer serving me. And it's so wild. When I lost my last fight, I thought I'd be devastated. The first thought I had was relief. I got knocked out. MGM grand, the fight got stopped and I was disappointed. I wanted to keep fighting. I wanted to win. But when I got back to the dressing room and things calmed down, I was relieved. I was like, it's over because I was so over it and didn't want to do it. And it was like sucking out my soul. And especially for my little sister, it was tough. You know, she'd literally be crying during fights. She couldn't watch me get hit. Good thing I, I won more than I lost. But I think a lot of people yeah. are, who are listening are doing things that they don't want to do for the wrong reasons, for their parents, for their peers, for their significant other. And I think it's so liberating to probably be like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to do what works for me. Especially when the consequences are pain and death. It's interesting. I Or brain damage. A lot of boxers, you know. Yeah. And so I've been doing a lot of things like I have a hyperbaric chamber machine, my diet. I went to the Amen Clinic. Oh, we just went there. I know. Oh, we're going to talk really? about that. No, I already researched that. Don't get it. <laughs> right, right, Jesus. Okay, gotta Don't get, blow I gotta, your load. Uh, got to get into the brief. I went with Angie. When we talk about that, yeah, we definitely got to talk with Angie about her brain. and, and He loves my brain. <laughs> yeah. Her brain's wild. Um, I was proactive in terms of like concussions, but I still worry about that. I'm so grateful for the career I had and I got to experience incredible things that very few people will get to. And I worked my ass off and it brought joy and pain and all the things in between. But you're right. We talked earlier about being 32. There's a part of me that feels like, did I peak at 32? What do you do now? And a lot of athletes and my buddies who either played ball or fought or guys in the military or anytime you have your purpose and identity wrapped up in what you do and that's taken from you, because it feels like it's taken from me because my body made the choice, not my mind, kind of in a sense. So it's tough to grapple with that loss of identity. It's almost like a death. I feel like the only way to deal with that is to be defined by a vision of your future. So Joe Dispenza. But mm. like he says, like instead of looking at the past constantly and rewinding the past, it's like you have to define what the future is and put yourself in the future and think of yourself like you did visualization do that and only think about the future. Does that make sense? It's actually great advice because I got so good at visualizing what I wanted, quote unquote wanted, which was winning a world title. It makes total sense how you did it. You, yeah. you visualized it constantly, probably. And now I don't know what to visualize, mm. though. I mean, I, I love running the company. We're helping people. I'm very fulfilled. But if I'm going to be honest, that feeling you get when you jump on the ropes in front of 20,000 people... <laughs> It's better than any drug you've ever had in your life. I think that's a really honest conversation that you say that. I think there's a lot of people listening that that don't know what to visualize. And I think that's probably a lot of inner work 
that you have to do. You have to go down that road sort of by yourself. There's no one who can tell you what that is. Well, I think specifically in sports and entertainment, right? Because if, I mean, in entertainment, maybe you have a little more longevity because your body's not Mm -hmm. required to be beaten up so much, right? Quote unquote, no pun intended. But yeah, I imagine that's hard for a lot of guys and especially guys go to war, go to the military, people, you know, that are doing, you know, high impact sports and then their their age forces them to kind of quit. Mm-hmm. Like everyone always wonders why Tom Brady doesn't quit. It's like all the money in the world. It's not that. It's like, it's the, it's the thing he probably gets from when he goes and does the... It's the dopamine yeah. hit. Yeah. It's so addictive. The Speaking of hit. autoimmune, you got your breast implants removed. I did. Yes. Wow. I almost forgot. It's been four years. So <laughs> talk to me about that. First yeah. of all, I want to go like way back to when you got them in. And then yeah. when you started experiencing symptoms, what was that? Yeah, I was 19 years old. And similar to a lot of women, I thought if I just get some nice big boobies, I will be loved. Right. Every guy will like me. I'll get a boyfriend. My life will be complete. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like it is. OK. And so... I remember I, I went home from college one one uh, weekend and I said, Mom, I, I just need some boobs. You know, I think some kid in high school told me uh, I always had a gymnast body. I was a gymnast growing up for like 15 years, super lean, but didn't have big boobs. So I thought like, this is it. This is going to be my secret to happiness. Right. You're a 19 year old girl. So I get them in and I was fine for about the first, I would say, five to seven years. And then about seven and a half years is when I started to feel like I didn't feel as healthy as I should for how well I was taking care of my body, how much I was exercising, how well I was eating. And I noticed that I was getting a little bit of joint pain in my knees and my hands. And so I, I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't correlate it yet. I was actually ironically on, on Facebook one day, and I keep seeing this girl posting about how she was getting her implants out. This is four years ago in 2018 before it was as big as it is now, obviously, a lot of women are waking up to BII, which is breast implant illness. And now women are, are waking up to that. The, the realities of it's a foreign object in your body. It probably shouldn't be in there that long. And it's causing some autoimmune issues for a lot of women. And so I see this post from this girl. And I'm like, what is this? This is this must be bullshit. What is she talking about? And I DM'd her. And to this day, she actually lives here now, which is funny. But because this girl was nice enough to get on the phone with me, I didn't even know her. And I was like, this is what I'm experiencing. Is that what is that what it felt like? And she was like, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. What is my identity going to be like without these boobs? Or, you know, you just get so wrapped up in in this thing that you that you got. So, yeah, I went into a doctor in Orange County and I said to him, do you believe that this could be correlated? My joint pain, um, my, I feel like my eyes weren't as clear. My skin was breaking out more. I just I felt inflamed, like puffy. I just didn't feel as good as I should at 27 years old, 28 years old. And he said, you know, this is a big part of my business now. I don't do a lot of putting them in anymore because I'm just seeing so many women coming and saying this. And he said, off the record, I can't I can't say it to you, um, can't publish this, but every single woman who comes in and gets them out always feels better, at least. So I was like, all right, I might as well take the risk. And he said, do you want to have kids one day? I said, absolutely. I want to be a mom. He's like, well, they're just going to get big and saggy anyway one day. <laughs> so I said, take them out. Well, did you have <laughs> expectation with going in? Did you know you were going to feel better? Or were you kind of like, eh, let's see? I thought to myself, you don't have to be a doctor to, to, to say, okay, what, what is the, the temperature of our body? And then I have a foreign object that's been in there for eight years. I don't know. It can't hurt to take it out, right? Obviously, I'm, I was afraid of the anesthesia, but I thought it could only help my body. And I want to do this before kids so I could detox anything that I need to detox. And I joined this Facebook group called Breast Implant Illness. And at the time, there was like 10,000 women. I think now it has way more than that. And they were all showing their before and afters of even their face and just the iris, like the color of their, like not the iris, their, um, oh my God. Pupils? <laughs> the white of your eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 The white of your eyes was more clear. And I just kept seeing these testimonials and I was like, this is crazy because these women aren't making money from this. Why would they be sharing these stories? And so 
yeah, it was kind of a roll of the dice. I just remember thinking, okay, do I want to maintain these for the rest of my life? And my, my answer was a full body. No, I was like, I don't want to keep getting anesthesia every five, 10 years. I might as well just get them out. I don't really care about them that much anymore. And so, yeah, I got my appointment on the 4th of July because nobody wanted that date. I remember they were like, all right, our wait list is like literally eight months or, or somebody in, <laughs> I know, right. I'm getting my boobs out. And I remember they called and they were like, yeah, this isn't like two weeks. You want to do this or you wait like eight months. It was just a, a long wait list. And I was like, all right, let's go. I went and it was a very easy procedure. Did, Did it, they remove the capsule? Yes. Yes. So that's very important when for anyone listening who are interested, you want to remove the capsule as well, because that's where it holds supposedly a lot of the toxins or can hold things. So they remove both. And my recovery was great. It was easy. I would do it a million times over. I, but that was my experience. I was still young. So I thought I'm going to do it now when I'm young and can can handle the the recovery of it. Yeah, it was a great decision. I, I didn't deal with a lot of issues after. I know a lot of women do with feeling like body image issues. I was really confident in my decision. I felt like I want to feel like myself again. And I remember waking up from the surgery and all of a sudden you feel like the, the heavy books that have been on your chest are lifted. And so I remember waking up and I'm like, all, you know, I'm drugged up. But I looked over at my mom and I'm like, I can breathe. Oh my God. And she's like, yeah, because all the weight was off my chest and it felt so good to hug people and feel them again. So I definitely think, listen, everybody, it's, you know, your body, your, your thing, but I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, I am. I had a great experience. <laughs> did you notice any changes after they were removed? So I did. I noticed my joint pain that was in my knees specifically went away. And I noticed my skin started to improve within a week which is crazy. Wow. So, and then it just kept getting better from there. And yeah, it's been great. It's easier to work out. It's easier to sleep. Everything is easier when you're, it's just more functional. You don't have <laughs> bags in the way. So yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about it that you like have these like foreign things in there that are just like bouncing around and like. I know what's crazy yeah. is some women say that when they, mine didn't, I have pictures of them and mine came out pretty clean. He was like, you, you, yours were still good. But some um, women, because it's saline, they're, they're getting mold, I guess. Like, the moldy water and then the tag is still on some of them like doctors who are just being fast and cheap about it shove them in there oh. and so when they take them out they're like oh the tag and stickers are on so there's been a sticker in your body there's been mold in your body so i don't know i just saw the pictures and i was like you know what i'm out listen i used so. to get paranoid if i almost <laughs> swallowed a piece of chewing gum and i thought that was yeah. going to stay in me for yeah. seven years seven years yeah, yeah, you yeah. swallowed yeah. worse than chewing gum motherfucker <laughs> 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 chewing gum so but, but still like you know like i can't imagine like i've been a fucking yeah, I felt a lot healthier. And I uh, I have countless girlfriends now, probably 10 close girlfriends who've done it. My good friend, Yovana, did it a few years ago as well. And everybody's experience is always, they feel so much healthier on the other side. No one's like, oh, I feel worse. Yovana's coming on the podcast, so I'll have to <gasps> ask her. Oh, really? She got hers removed. She's too. one of my best friends. Yeah, she will tell you all about it because I think with her, she dealt with a little bit more of like, who am I now after? And a lot of women deal with body image issues after. But for me, once I made the decision in my head, like this is who you are, go back to who you were before this, you're going to love yourself. And I remember the first time I looked in the mirror and I was like, all right, if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. And I looked and I was like, all right, it's not too bad. <laughs> did you do a lift or do you just get them removed? Do you do a fat transfer or is it just a removal? I did nothing because in my situation, my upper body is very lean and I was, I still am young. This was four years ago, but he said, I don't suggest a lift if you want to have children. It's another five grand. Might as well. He's like, if I'm honest with you, I might as well save you some money and time under surgery because your breast tissue is going to stretch anyway and expand once you're pregnant one day. So he's like, I honestly, you have a lean upper body. I think you're going to be fine. And he was, he was right. Within a year, they like kind of fluff back up and you're fine. So look at but, these two motherfuckers that don't have to deal with any of this shit. <laughs> Pregnancy. It's all over you guys' head. A hundred percent. No, I, yeah. I don't make the rules. I say this every time. Yeah, I didn't make the rules, right? So okay. you know, I know. I, get shit for it all I just wish there was like, like a ball implants or like something that you guys got that was like, what do you mean? Mike Poppy. has balls implants. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, I got that last year. It's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> Wait, do you really? No. Oh, no. I was like, I would love to interview you. <laughs> Isn't there something where there's a, a simulator to where the men can feel a similar pain of childbirth as he, women yeah, now? He did a, the, 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 it's. No, it's not that. You know, I did the thing where you wear the stomach. John seems to know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw you. you but put, do you like, feel pain? On? Or it's no, just no, like there, there's the thing that like gives you the, the contractions. Yeah. I haven't done that mm-hmm. yet. Okay. But my whole thing is like, why? Like, what do you like? What do you? What do you? Do you think it's going to make me develop more empathy? I don't. Really, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if that, like, I have empathy. But do you think that's like that's the? thing? I would rather give birth 600 times in a row than be pregnant for 10 months because it's so much work. Listen, I love women, but I mean that, that this is women do some stupid <laughs> shit. I don't need to wear that thing, right? When men do stupid shit too. I don't need to wear the thing and be like, oh, this is what it's like. This is just not how I'm made up. Yeah. Can you say men can't have babies True. on the, anymore in 2020? I don't. Know, I don't. So like, I don't need to know. <laughs> I'm gonna tread. Li- I'm gonna tread lightly on Mike's this one. Pregnant now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mike, I tried treading lightly about a hundred episodes ago. Now I'm just. Yeah, it's I interesting it because yeah. I'm super holistic. I'm like, I won't even take an Advil kind of girl, but I really think I'm gonna get an epidural because I just, you know, I'm. A, I mean, who's not afraid of that? So I, I'm kind. Of, I'm staying open-minded. I just. <laughs> my thought is get the epidural before the pain starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you know you're gonna get it, why would you wait till the pain's there? Mm. True. So that was my thought on it. It's kind of like, yeah, I think if you're, I think give me the fucking epidural. It hurts so bad. Well, if you're going to get it, you might as well, like she said, get get it it early. The epidural's fun. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. I I recommend it. I mean, take a CBD gummy too, but also (laughs) take some, why don't women just drink like a little bit of wine right before? I I feel like that'd be really smart. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I don't know if the, how that counteracts with the epidural. Oh, smoke a cig. Have a glass of wine. Get high. But you feel like they did that millions of years ago. Probably. Maybe you, maybe it's like, it's a pretty physical activity. <laughs> Have you ever like trying to do anything when you're drunk? It's kind of like, you might not want try like to try to push a human out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you guys are both working on each other's business. You yeah. both have autoimmune things. When mm-hmm. did you decide to start this company together? And was the why because of the wellness journeys that you guys have gone through? Yeah, I mean, really the the genesis of the company started after I broke my rib in that fight. I had all this time off. When you break a rib, there's nothing you can do. So I had like six to eight, eight months off to where I wasn't getting phone calls from my manager. There was no fights. Like I just had to rest and heal. And I had already been obsessed with CBD at that point. I was on lorazepam, an anti-anxiety med. And when I discovered CBD about a year earlier, and then it got cleared by WADA, who I could, was getting drug tested by, I became obsessed with it and it helped me get off of the anti-anxiety med. So I was like, man, there's something to this. So we initially just kind of started as a little side hustle. You know, Angie was doing her thing, speaking on big stages. She had her podcast and I just had this downtime. It just started blowing up because we realized how many people are struggling with sleep, anxiety, and most importantly, how many people are looking for low risk, high reward, natural alternatives. And that's really the genesis and the ethos of of the company now is that I was on eight different medications at one point. I mean, I'm stabbing myself in the leg with Humira. I'm taking methotrex. I'm the list goes on and on. What are those medicines for people that have no idea? What do you mean you're stabbing yourself in the leg? Humira is a, I think it's a TNF blocker. Essentially, it's an immune suppressor. So when you have autoimmunity, there's a lot of different things, Enbrel, Humira, that you can shoot into your leg. It's it's like one of those pen, it's one of those pens that you put in your thigh, your stomach. It's painful, but it suppresses your immune system because when you have autoimmunity, your immune system is is overreacting, right? It deems everything as a threat. So I was on that for years. That gave me bad skin issues. Then I would get like nauseous, so I had medication for that. Then I had pains. So they gave me painkillers. It just it's any if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So for me going to all these doctors, these 
quote unquote top doctors and all they wanted to do was write prescriptions, I just kind of knew that number nine wasn't the answer. I knew in my heart that I had to change my lifestyle, start meditating, learn breath work, diet, like all these things that I wasn't talking to doctors about in the quick 15 minutes where they just wanted to write a script. And so that was really the birth of the company is like, what is the CBD stuff? Oh, it's all natural. It comes from hemp. I want to look into it. That's kind of why we started it. We had no idea it would, it would start to grow and it would take off the way it did, but incredibly grateful. And while this is going on, I've heard from Brent and Brooke from The Road that you were struggling with ADD and I heard you're very open about it. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to break down the differences between ADD. I know you're very well-versed. Yeah. This is what I've heard. And just and how you knew you had yeah. ADD and how CBD has helped with the ADD. Yeah, Mike loves that I have ADD. <laughs> That's we're, why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, I went to I went to the Amen Clinic. It's been a year and a half now to get it confirmed, but I kind of always had an idea growing up. I was the kid who would come home from school and paint my room a different color every week because I just needed novelty. That's a huge sign of ADHD is you need newness. You need novelty. You need the dopamine hit. So when you have ADD, your prefrontal cortex isn't producing as much dopamine, supposedly. So that's why a lot of times you'll see these people be very creative, very adventurous. They want to jump out of planes. I don't. I actually don't have that side of it. <laughs> but they they want newness. They want that novelty, right? The dopamine hit. And so I always kind of had a feeling as a kid that I felt different in school. I felt like other kids were able to finish the book or watch the boring movie about the presidents or whatever. And I was like, get me out of here. This is jail. I just want to go do something fun and creative. So I had an idea, but my mom, I'm really grateful. She didn't want to label me, which I'm, ex- I'm happy she did. Because I think when you do that really young, your children then think they have something wrong with them instead of, hey, this could possibly be to your advantage. Or there's a lot of people who have, have this now. And so it wasn't until about two years ago that I was like, hey, I want to go to the clinic, Dr. Daniel Amen's clinic and actually see what's going on. And that's when it was confirmed. I got on the Zoom and the guy, the doctor was like, yeah, uh, your creative center of your brain is very well lit and you have very strong type one ADD. So there's seven different types. There's inattentive. There's ones that I guess are more hyperactive. There's seven different types, they said, which is fascinating. So you want to treat all, all of them differently. So some respond better to Adderall and meds. Some don't. I've have chosen you ever to been not. on Adderall before? I've done it only twice in college to lose weight, quote unquote. So <laughs> did it help at all? It does, but I felt didn't feel like myself. Got it. It numbed me out. And I was so focused that I did one thing for seven hours and it took away my spirit and my creativity. And so now as an adult, it's really learning. How can I see this as an advantage? I do think some of the most creative people have it. It's just learning how to manage it and channel it and create in my environment to work for me with it instead of letting my environment get me because it can be difficult. So once the guy gets on Zoom and says you have this, yeah. how did you make your environment work for you? Yeah, they they prescribe a few different things. So they first obviously ask you, are you open to being on Adderall? And I said, listen, I think it's kind of like legalized crack. I don't I don't know if that's a good idea for me. <laughs> I just I just wasn't a fan of it. I do think if, if some people want to do it, that's fine. But then they go down the supplementation route. So a lot of it's high levels of healthy fats, omegas, fish oils, ginkgo, coba manieri, which is actually in beekeepers naturals. I know you guys like the little shot of beekeepers. I love the beekeepers. Our alert caps have B, B12, ginseng. Basically, I've gone the nootropic route and nootropics are essentially natural cognitive enhancers. And so I've decided to really play with nootropics. I've probably played with every nootropic a million times just to kind of see how my body responds to them, playing around with intermittent fasting, playing around with different organizational apps and systems, 
And then exercise, you know, I know you guys obviously love to work out as well. What's released when you exercise is called BDNF, which is brain derived nootropic factor. This happens after you lift weights. This happens after you have a, you sprint up a hill, you get that rush to your brain, that tingly feeling when you do hit and you're like, oh, I feel so good. And you feel so clear. So playing with that. So now, like before this, I went and, and I pushed my body a little bit to get that feeling naturally that essentially a medication would give you. So I'm constantly playing around with movement, exercise, organization, my sleep and nootropics and then time blocking things. Because if not, I it, 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 it it's hard. It can be very overwhelming. This character, Dr. Daniel Amen, he worries <laughs> this character. me. About, well, he's been on the show and I love him and we just did the thing. And and I, I like, I'm the guy, I want to know everything that's going on in the business. I want to look at every stone. I want to know what's going on with my body. I like all the, I don't know if I want him to tell me what's going on with my oh, brain. Oh, you didn't do it? No, no, no I did it. Oh, but how's I'm your scared. brain? I don't know. We I don't know yet. We I'm haven't had the call yet. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got to so call him right now. I'm yeah. scared <laughs> to talk to him, Dr. Daniel Amen. Um, I'm what scared of you. What if he's like, Michael, it's not looking good. What if your brain just has hair all over? Because you have so much hair. Listen, I know what well, that'd be cool. I know what he's gonna. He's gonna listen. I was not kind to myself when I was a kid. I, I know I fucked that thing. Like, but I'm like, don't tell me about that. Just tell me what's gonna you happen. You mean like partying? No, not just party. Yeah, partying and drinking. I mean, listen. I I think I started drinking alcohol when I was 13 years old. I had a wow. I had a fake ID before I had a real ID. Like we were. He's a little scared of the results. It'll be fine. I, I don't. Need, I know he's gonna say what the hell happened yeah. when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. Also, like. I was fighting, but I wasn't fighting. Like y'all, I, I was just getting beat up, or yeah. vice versa. Just being dumb, d dumb and young and whatever. And I cleaned it up since, but I, I don't want. I'm you like, I, I've been trying all this whole time to fix the damage, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to know what's under. You're still that. so young, though. The brain yeah. is so malleable. What that's what Dr. Daniel Amen says when you get there. He's like, listen, whatever you hear, like most things, you can you can improve significantly through lifestyle factors. What is a nootropic? A nootropic is a natural cognitive enhancer that doesn't have the side effects similar to a medication. And so a lot of them, the most common ones are caffeine, B vitamins, ginkgo, theanine, bacoba monnieri. These, these ones that you'll see, green tea is considered one. Anything that's essentially stimulating the brain and increasing dopamine. A and which bit. one has really worked? Like out of all of them, if you have to pick one. I noticed the best with bacoba monnieri and ginkgo. Those two, like, I feel it. What's like the, the little, brand? The little, you know I'm going to ask you Yeah, the Beekeepers, the little brain shot. Okay. And then our alert caps have ginkgo in them. Mm -hmm. So on days where I do want a little caffeine, I'll do our caps. But the days where I don't want caffeine, I don't. I mostly don't do caffeine throughout the month. Only a few times a month. Mike plays with it more. He does well in caffeine. I'll do the the beekeeper shot. And I just feel a little bit like I can, I the can get through The beekeeper shot is like a little natural Adderall. So I have to try mixing it with your alert capsule. Oh, you'd have a very productive day. <laughs> Let me ask you maybe I'm try that. A, qu a counter question because I know I want to get into this with you guys. Yeah. What do you think people in the CBD space do wrong? Because mm. there's so many characters. Like, I think the, the, the thing here is like, how do you vet the, because I know that it can be a very beneficial, you know, element to add into your routine. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's, it, it's become, you know, popular and there's a lot of kind of characters that maybe shouldn't yeah. be in the space. So what, like for those kind of people that are hesitant to get into CBD, like what do you think the bad kind of actors do in this space? And I do want to give you guys a compliment. Brooke from The Road looks at all the ingredients. You oh, know yeah. that. Yeah. She's my facialist in yeah. Austin. You go I'm to her too. Yeah, she's great. And she's very holistic and she's very ingredient. Like she, she looks and she told me, she goes, this CBD is great. Aww. I've used it. I try it. I recommend it. Well, that's Aww. why I think like CBD is amazing, but if, but there's a lot of bad actors. And so I wanted yeah, you guys to speak of to that. There creepy, are creepy bros in their mom's basement with a farm in their backyard selling it on Amazon. Right. So we are not that. <laughs> It's, it's interesting you say that. It's a it's a great question because they've actually done studies most recently looking at like the top 100 brands in the market and finding that a huge number, like 79% of them 
are not recording the amount of CBD or any other cannabinoids that's actually in there, right? So they're, they're saying that our gummies are 25 milligrams, our tinctures are X amount of milligrams, and then you go test it, it's not there. Or even you go on Amazon, they've tested products on Amazon that have no CBD, that say they have CBD in it because they're just cutting costs and they're getting ingredients from China. So what to look for is what's known as COAs, it's a certificate of analysis. I think it's really important to get the third-party lab testing. And what we do differently and to be quite honest, a little bit selfishly because I was paranoid for popping a drug test, we do double third-party lab testing. So not only do we get the third-party lab popping testing- Popping a drug test when you were boxing. When head. I was boxing, yeah, 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 yeah sorry. Yeah. When I was boxing, it had huge, huge implications, right? For my career, my life, everything. So we do double third-party lab testing, which I think very few brands do. It costs us more money to do, but I want to make sure with complete certainty that- not only are the products efficacious, but what's in there is actually in there. And so for us, it's important to go above and beyond and, and make sure people understand that this is a healthy, phenomenal alternative to prescription meds. So if someone's out there and they're like, is CBD for me, who is CBD for? And instead of saying like everyone, like give us like this one I'm about to take, this is not a sleep one, right? This is no, no. Be no. <laughs> okay, okay. Don't and, worry though. I'm going to give you the sleep one tonight when you're trying to talk my ear off. I already have it packaged away for you. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling tired. Huh? She's going to hand you one of those and then put you her just, like, mouth, put it in mouth. A smoothie. Yeah. Pink lemonade. Oh, it tastes good. I know it does taste good. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So who like, say like someone who is an overachiever, someone who works out a lot, like who specifically is CBD for? Yeah. So another great question. You guys do this for a living. Huh? <laughs> it's our third time. It's our third time. Wow. It's so tough because you can say for everybody, right? All mammals have an endocannabinoid system and that's what CBD is doing is activating receptors in the endocannabinoid system. But what it's really doing is putting your body and your nervous system into homeostasis. So what does all that mean? It's kind of, it's regulating you. So people with anxiety, sleep issues, pain, it's so interesting once you start to calm down that fight or flight and that systemic nervous system and get into parasympathetic how many other things trickle down into your body and start to heal? I know that firsthand because I went through it and had to learn that, oh my, oh my God, like stress, anxiety is only exacerbating all my symptoms. So I think the people we have seen that have benefited the most from it are people that have high levels of anxiety and have tried all the lorazepams and all the tricks, all the breath work and or trouble sleeping, which is usually tied with anxiety. So those people tend to notice that CBD, which is non-psychoactive, will not get you high, calms them down a little bit and doesn't zonk them out to where they're not themselves, but they feel like I can breathe again. And then, as I mentioned, so many other things, when you get in that state, so many other things are impacted on a positive level. Say I was running hot one day and was just extra stressed out and I decided to take this. Like, What are the what are the things that it's going to help outside of like, you know, calming me down? What, like, what's it going to do for my system? What's it going to do for my mind? Am I going to be able to focus more? Am I going to be just be able to, you know, Sounds like it workout? balances like, you out. Like what, like what are the benefits that you notice right away when you start taking it? Yeah. I mean, think about it this way to be clear. Essentially, if you have a ton of anxiety and you're freaking out and you're frazzled and your mind isn't straight. So will it help with focus? Yes. In fact, that's exactly what it helps me with when I have too, way too much anxiety or I'm feeling overwhelmed it brings me down to a level of calm and a level of homeostasis to where my body can breathe a little bit. And then I feel like I can take on the world because I'm myself, you know, instead of all these crazy racing thoughts. And so it affects a lot of different things, but I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, 
thinking about the person that would start to dive into this and like what in in what instances they would start to take it or like I guess during what you said you can take it during workouts or yes. or better workouts or if you're what like could you for meditation I'm just obviously sleep yeah, it's phenomenal before meditation. We do the dropper specifically that you put underneath your tongue. It's actually more bioavailable mm-hmm. than going through your, your stomach because it gets through the blood-brain barrier. But putting a little dropper underneath there, doing some meditation, putting a dropper underneath there, doing a little bit of breath work, or if you're nervous before a job interview or you know whatever you have going on in your life, taking something. But it's our product specifically since we have zero THC, it's not going to be one of those things where you're going to pass out unless it's the sleep version. <laughs> CBD in general, it's just going to calm you down. So you can work out, you can focus on it. The problem with the THC ones, at least for me, is I feel like groggy sometimes after, which I don't like. To, I don't like to feel like that. Yeah, I, I think THC has a lot of benefits. Dr. Daniel Amen would completely disagree with me. I have a lot of friends that use it instead of painkillers, and so or to help them sleep. For us, we just we didn't want to go that route. I'm not someone that smokes and likes THC. I feel groggy too when I'm on it. So. We've done a lot of different products that have had different types of cannabinoids, but not the the THC ones. I don't like anything that makes me feel slow in my mind. This yeah. will not make you feel slow. This yeah. will make you feel sharp. And even the alert capsules that she mentioned, I take every single day that has CBD and a bunch of other nootropics in it. But THC will make you feel kind of slow for a lot of people. It's interesting. There are some people that'll take THC, then go f- for a run. They like to do it for a workout. That to me is crazy. I want to sit on the couch order Postmates, Chipotle, and just veg out. So, And then I'm using it for period cramps as a woman. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. That's genius. We have one called Harmony that's actually for that. I've dealt with excruciating period cramps in the past and high dosage of CBD helps a lot. So I'll take that as it's starting to, I can tell it's like the day. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I'll pop a few of those gummies or I'll start them a few days prior. I'm going to try that. I yeah. literally never had period cramps until after I had kids. Yeah, so you're a little, wow. moody, you're a little moody now, Lauren. So maybe like- I'm a fucking maybe, raging maybe take bitch. Like, maybe take <laughs> like eight of the sleep ones <laughs> before when that period comes on. Take about eight of them and you'll just, you know, maybe we can connect two days later when you wake up. <laughs> there you go. Well, did you guys smoke weed or THC before you guys got into this business? No. 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 So no. it, so this- I mean, I had. It. So explain like really from a micro level, the difference between THC and CBD so people can really understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's all about how the different cannabinoids are affecting your, en- your endocannabinoid system, as I mentioned earlier, which all mammals have. So it's interesting. We brought dog treats for you as well. Mm-hmm. Like it works really well on dogs, dogs, cats. Thank God yeah. I have a dog that needs this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Slim. We got you. Oh my God. I might overdose her. <laughs> She'll just be sleeping on the couch for eight hours. Yeah. It works so well for dogs. It's really incredible. In fact, we have a a dog treat that has, it's a a relief dog treat. So we also put like turmeric and some anti-inflammatory stuff in there. I have a dog. He's still kicking 16 years old. And I swear to God, we give him the treats and he went from not even be able to walk around to he can do one loop around the block. He can do backflips now. Yeah. (laughs) I got to put this in a locked case. You're going to, our dog's going to overdose on these. Yeah, he literally give her the whole bag. It is nice when your pets have anxiety. It just shows how quickly their bodies respond to it. But yeah, you were saying CBD yeah. versus THC, the, the plant. But, but THC is psychoactive, so it's altering your your brain chemistry, right? And so there, as I mentioned, there are some benefits that that come with that for people that like that. Maybe it does help them with anxiety or pain. But there is that also negative side that I've experienced. And I think a lot of our customer base have experienced with THC to where they don't want to be high. Like let's say you're doing a show or an interview, or you got to go pick up your kids from school. Like you worry with gummies, like how much is actually in here? When will I get high? Will I get too high? And so with our products, you don't have to worry. I about think that. moms do want to be high when they pick up their kids from school <laughs> now, Mike. 
my bad. <laughs> I used to indulge in a weed gummy here and there before I got pregnant with Towns. And then obviously I stopped doing them for 10 months. Yeah. It's 10 months, not nine. Yeah. It's 10 months, <laughs> not nine. By the way. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You think 40 weeks, but then we all say nine months. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like 10 months. It's, not it's, nine, I'm yeah. going to actually change that. I'm going to get PR on it to change it to 10 months. Just get I, hoodies that no, say 10 so months, over nine bitches. Months. I hate when people say nine months. <laughs> so it's interesting. 10 months. But after 10 months, I decided to try another weed gummy. And I woke up the next morning like with a hangover. And yes. so I stopped doing it. Like I... I don't want to be hungover from a weed gummy. I'd rather be hungover from tequila if I'm going to get a hangover. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's very common. In fact, our best seller by far is our sleep gummy. In there is melatonin, CBD, myrcene. It's a broad spectrum product and CBN, cannabinol, which is CBD's sleepy cousin. So non-psychoactive, but another cannab cannabinoid found in organic hemp that helps put you to sleep. So I promise you with these, you're going to fall asleep, get the best sleep of your life, and you won't wake up groggy because there is no THC in there. And it sounds like you guys use all quality ingredients. You're very specific when it comes to what goes in here. Yeah, we really have to be. I mean, to be honest, as I mentioned before, selfishly, we started the company while I was still fighting in my career and my body's my asset. And so whether it's getting drug tested or performing at the highest level, we knew we couldn't source from overseas. We had to do organic farmed hemp only. We had to do double third-party lab testing. We had to know exactly where it's coming from. Like, you know, we're a family business. My mom works for mm -hmm. us. If, if I don't feel comfortable giving this to my mom, I'm not going to sell it to people. I've just, I've never, and once again, we didn't start the business for financial reasons. It, we started it to help people and we just had no idea it would kind of take off the way it did. Yeah. So, And our taste is what we're known for. It's really, really good tasting. The or one most I just of them, it's really good. The most of them taste like pink lemonade flavor. Oh, of CBD. course, I like the pink I lemonade. I was stealing flavor. all the kids' little gummy snacks and Lauren threw them out of the house because she's like, you can't have them. And so she got rid of them. <laughs> and I got these. And yeah. they kind of remind, kind of re yeah. triggered me good. a little bit again. I, I started thinking about the gummy snacks. You got way too into those kids' snacks. So this yeah. is good for you. You can just be like, where's my snacks? I'm like, I don't know. And it's like the bags would be falling out of my pockets. Besides CBD, what are other wellness things that you guys have in your toolbox? You're obviously yeah. both very successful. It takes a lot to run your day. What are those things that you go to? For me, I really started getting into breath work. And I know maybe it sounds cliche, everyone's doing it, but there's the holotropic breath work, which I do with different people that lead facilitated. But there's a, a practice that Dr. Andrew Weil put together called 478 breathing. And I was doing that in training camp after sparring, before fights. I'd go back to the dressing room before I put the gloves on, before cameras came in, and I would do 478 breathing. And what that is, is you inhale through the nose for four seconds, you pause for seven seconds and hold that breath, and then you audibly exhale out the mouth for eight seconds. It's box breathing, and there's many different ways to do it, but little things like that that I would notice, you know, we'd be wearing whoop bands to test it. I'm about to go step out in front of 20,000 people, and it would bring my cortisol down. It would bring my heart rate down. The four, seven, eight was such a quick thing. And I do about three or four rounds. Why four, seven, eight? Obviously, I've seen box breathing. It's like four, four, four. Yeah. Right? Like but why the four, seven, and eight? You know, from a scientific level, I'm not entirely sure. All I know is for me with four, seven, eight, it allows me to kind of hold and slow down a little bit more. So it's a different modality in the sense that box breathing for me can be a little bit too fast with the four, four, four versus this to where I can hold for seven seconds. And when I exhale for eight, it's not just like a, and then you're done. It's a real slow and you're stretching that out for eight seconds. There's something about that that just calms the body down. When I was in labor, 
and I'm like in Ten. fucking labor. Ten You're months in. in. Yeah. <laughs> Ten and a half months in, basically. <laughs> Michael whispers in my ear, Fox breathing. <laughs> Listen, I was coaching I you. I'm like, get <laughs> the fuck away from me. He's like, Box breathing. Hey. I'll never forget that. I've never told that story. I'll never forget you whispering that in my and ear. It worked. And it worked. I didn't even try it, Michael. Yes, I was not did. box yeah. breathing. I was, I was like, I was. I did. I did it. He said he's like he's like in for. I don't even remember what you said. You know what I'm talking well, about. You can't I, even keep a straight face. Well, listen. The first time we had a doula, and this woman was there, and she was coaching through, it and we needed it because I don't. I don't know. But where the did you get box breathing? Because though? the you, second time, I don't know. I probably you stole were on a, Instagram. You know saw a graphic. No, I probably stole it from a podcast we did. I probably got to listen. What I what. Yeah. Thank God he didn't hear your me, information. Yeah. You start pulling out like <laughs> let me studies. Tell you, I'm going to be honest. Let me tell you what I do on this show. <laughs> All right. Let me hear. You get a guy like you comes on and tells me something very smart. And then I will take it as my own later in other private <laughs> conversations. I love it. Yeah. Please I do. Will, I will sit there at a dinner. Like, He's listen. told me a story <laughs> for 45 minutes. That's my story. I'm going to sit down. I told listen, him. I'm going to sit down with so my family good. tonight and be like, listen, you idiots. You don't know about four, seven, eight. Let me tell you about four, seven, eight. I'm going to, I'm going to act like you I've been were doing whispering. it. You're what? Two year old and you're six, what? Six month old. You know. Hey, listen, you idiots. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Towns is traumatized. But, you know, I was just trying to coach you through it. Thanks. That's sweet, though. Uh, you were you were like, hey, I'm going to try something right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. When you're in that situation as a man, there's not a lot you yeah, can really what do. You, what do you right? do? There's Literally do. sit there and don't speak and don't make one expression. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling every guy what to do. Don't eat. Don't breathe. Don't talk. Don't move. Literally just sit there like a statue. Well, the first okay, time. Write that's that down. the hot tip. The first time I brought my, min- my Nintendo Switch and she got all mad. So I'm like, okay, this time Nintendo. I got to participate. You know? <laughs> you're like ready to play Halo. Yeah, yeah you're well, playing Madden. I didn't even know that. Remember I had the noise canceling headphones on. You were going through some kind of trauma and I didn't some know. Kind she was of like trauma. Oh anyways, anyways just, we got sidetracked don't uh-huh. worry I'm like a crocodile I'll wait and save that and then when he's going through something I'll be like box <laughs> Angie what do you do in your wellness kit I feel like you're ready for me to say I do cold showers and cold plunging yeah but I, would I think you do listen it's not my thing that's okay you know it's it's cold as tits I've tried here's my thing with it which I want to hear your thoughts because I know you're very into Chinese medicine as well right getting your lymphatic system going I asked Brooke this last night I said do you think it's good for women to be doing so much cold when Chinese medicine is all about warming foods, keeping your womb warm to stay fertile? And she was like, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's such a short period of time, so it's probably fine, but there's mixed thoughts on it. So I've been researching what are the benefits as far as like women in their fertile years doing a lot of cold. So I don't know. I'm torn. So I've decided until I have kids, I'm not going to mess with it too much. I'll but tell then you after what, I'm going to do all the cold. I, do you know what I mean? I, I mean, agree with that. If, I think if you are actively trying to have kids, yeah, you being keep freezing me. cold probably isn't. Well, for me, though, for with where I am at my in my life, I need my hormones balanced. Yeah. And I notice when I go in the cold after having a baby, I get out and it automatically balances. Well, it would wow. make sense wow. to me. But if I were you... I, I that you're onto something there. Yeah, I'm gonna wait a bit until after uh-huh. kids soon. So I I think that I want to stay warm. And the biggest thing you learn with traditional t- Chinese medicine TCM is is warm. So I'm doing a lot of warming foods. I cut out all like smoothies and cold salads. I was doing a lot of cold foods. And Brooke was the one who said to me, you know, your internal system is so cold. She could tell by my tongue. And so I switched to all meats and stews and soups and grounding warm foods and only doing things that keep my body warm. So my body thinks that it's fertile myrtle. <laughs> that's that's smart. Here's so I don't what know. I just like thing that oh he he wants hurt, to weigh right? in on giving birth no, no, and no. fertility. Go I ahead wanna, Michael. I want to hear Michael's thoughts. Yeah, let me tell you why. I'm yeah, we need Michael's no, expertise no, no. What here I was on my gonna, womb. What I was going to say it's like I, I think that if it's I'm not a I'm not so woo woo but I think yeah. like for men 
if you're doing too much sauna, that's not good yes. for our fertility because you get yeah. too hot. You want to be actually cold. You want to keep the guys close, they say right? Uh, burn them, you or, can right? Cook them. Yeah, you cook don't the like it. Is that true? Yeah, you don't yeah. want to go like, in a sauna and sit there yeah. and then go in the jacuzzi. Listen, I'm doing a lot of saunas right now. Go in a hot shower and get the but, fuck out of the cold. So you don't need a vasectomy. You just <laughs> go do a bunch of infrared <laughs> yeah, sauna. I'll be in there. <laughs> All right. But I think for the cold, what these people do is my wife included. Lauren, I'm gonna call you out. I think a little bit of cold <laughs> exposure per day is good. But what happens is people stretch it. And all yes. of a sudden, like, I did seven minutes. I did yeah. do two fucking minutes. Do three yeah. minutes. Huberman, you know, you mentioned him. Yeah. Like, he's an 11 minute per week oh guy. My. Per week. Oh, that's per it. Week. Oh, so, oh. like, it could be like a three minute yeah. session or two minutes. I can't. I think I'm too, that's I can good. Too intense. I can't do but what happens yeah. is, no, pe- no, no. no, people get addicted to the dopamine hit yeah. and the rush. It and then what happens good. is you get used to it. But they sit there and they're like, the first two minutes they get the dopamine, then like it doesn't work anymore. So they sit three, then they go four. And it's like, next thing you know, these got these assholes on cold baths doing a time lapse of them, like yeah. showing how strong yeah. they're. It's like, that I don't think is so great. I think a little shock to the system once in a while is good. Yeah. But then get out. Right. Yeah. yeah Hypothermia is not what we're going for here. No. I'm going We've seen right, Titanic. I, 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 I like everything so intense. I can't help yeah. it. I do think it is good for people that are trying. I mean, you're a boxer, you know, like just the mental discipline of going and do something tough every day and like getting up and like starting. But like for people sure. that need that, I think it's good for that. But for the people that are like, you know, sleeping in these things. Don't Angie, say, what you're doing, I think is smart. There's something that Brooke eats in the morning. Kanji. Yes. It's basically uh, really high fat and really high carb. So it's very calorically dense, but it's just really warm and nurturing. And it immediately supposedly is, is good for your metabolism, but it does make you hungry for the rest of the day. So I did it twice and I was like, I can't because <laughs> then I was starving for the rest of the day. It's like a porridge. It's basically porridge. I think it's probably good so. too if you're like breastfeeding or if like right after the, you know, that book, yeah. like the first 40 days. I feel yeah. like it's it's warming. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Other wellness things that yeah. you do. So I would say right now I'm actually not doing that. <laughs> but my biggest things right now I would say are one is cycle syncing as a woman. I think that's really been powerful for my hormones. Essentially what this is, is you're matching your cycle to your work and your workouts. So when you're in menstruation, when you're on your period, you're not going to go do a crazy hit workout. You're not going to go balls to the walls at the gym. You're going to be soft and nurturing to your body. You're going to do yoga. That's why you got sick. Pilates. Your, do you want to talk about my period you schedule cycle, too? You were in your cycle. You went too hard. All right, keep going. I was tracking it for you. She wasn't cycle thinking. So it's pretty, I mean, listen, guys, it's pretty intuitive. And as women, we should already be doing this. But obviously, every 28 days, we lose our freaking minds. You know, when we want to kill our husbands. So what you do, so you don't want to kill people as much, is you cycle sync, which is essentially the week uh, leading up to your period. So a few days prior, you start to slow down. So you do slow movements, walks, Pilates, yoga, things that are very slow and nurturing. And then ovulation week, that's when you can go ham a little bit. You can do HIIT workouts. I go to Brent. I train harder. So Wait, is I'm ovulation trying to match week that. Uh, when you have the period? Can you, can you know this, Lauren? <laughs> no, I actually don't. <laughs> Wait, I love that she doesn't know any no kids. That's so refreshing. No idea. Why do you think we got I two know, kids? What do you mean? I know nothing about this. <laughs> wow. If you paid me a billion dollars, I don't even know what you're talking about. Does wow. ovulation mean you have the period? No. So your cycle has four different phases to it. Ovulation <laughs> is when you technically can get pregnant. The well, week this where is you very can. concerning. There's only like three, four days a month where you can get pregnant. So when you say so you guys cycle, much- that means you're on your period. Well, this cycle is the whole month, but then there's four parts to it. But I, I would say I would, so it doesn't, doesn't confuse people. The week that you are bleeding, the bleeding is menstruation, but you're in top. Yeah. You're bleeding is menstruation I, I, on your period. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. Wait, you need on. an app. I'll tell I, you what, this on. is a little confusing because it kind of is numbery. Uh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, no, no. I, I have an yeah. app though. <laughs> Good point. Good point. It's giving math. I have one question. I, I, if it was like in colors, if it was it like is. it's an app, so I just look at my app. No, but if it was like if it was like in pink and like red, my brain would 
Well, yeah. no, but I have one question, and this is for the men out there yeah. too, but actually for everybody. Yeah. Is ovulation before or after the bleeding? Well, it's a circle. Ugh. Like how uh, close? I'm sorry. It's yeah. confusing. If yeah, people it's agree with me, it let me know. Going. This like, is confusing. Like, no, but hold on. Yeah, how it's very confusing. Okay, so say Lauren is bleeding. Oh, okay, <laughs> also, wait, right, ready? There's four different phases. about my fucking cycle on the fucking podcast? Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Oh, my. Oh, of all the things we've talked about on the podcast, the cycle's the one that's going to break it. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I keep it very basic. I know there's some women who are like super meticulous about it. I just tune in. I look at the app and I'm like, oh, I'm on my period. I'm not going to go balls to the walls and go do a crazy berries boot camp or something like that. I'm not going to stress my adrenals. I'm not going to stress my cortisol. And but then I'm if saying, I see I'm ovulating, a, I'm like, oh, I feel good. You probably feel when you're ovulating. It's when you have the most energy, the most brain clarity. You feel fiery. You feel hot, sexy. You feel good. It's like nature's way of giving you energy. That week, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go work out a little harder. But is that the myself. week before or the week after the bleeding? Well, it would be a week and a half-ish because you've got period. Then there's an, a little phase before. Then you've got ovulation and one more. There's four. I see it as four chunks. There's four different so phases. Yeah, it's a lot. So again, I don't, I don't do all four. I just do two. Like so, meaning like if she's ble- okay. Let me ask <laughs> oh you. This, my God, this, this is simple. This is a simple way. Finishes bleeding the day after the bleeding stops. Yeah. Is you are you ovulating? Not right away. No, no, no. It takes like okay seven-ish. Yeah, you got to you know wait what? a little I, bit. You know what, guys? We didn't figure anything out here. <laughs> here, no. What we realized is like sex ed taught us nothing. Like I just learned this at 32. I'll be 33 next week. I literally just downloaded the app, and I'm like, oh, this is good awareness. Body awareness as a woman. What's I should, the app? I Everyone's gonna ask what the it's app. It's called is. Flow. Flow. It's great. So I, I literally go in there and I'm like, oh. I know what workouts I can do this week based on that. And it's really nice because I've noticed my hormones are better and my body's repairing better and I'm not pushing against my body. I'm working with my body. So that's okay. something I've been very into. Traditional Chinese medicine, all my lymph massages. Mike was just asking about lymph massage out there. He's like, why do you do it? <laughs> all about the lymph. Super into acupuncture right now. I feel like that's been great. CBD and acupuncture for my period cramps. I think those have been like what's really helped them. Those are my things. And then ice balls on my face. I do still put ice on my face. I love your ice balls. I, I, yeah. I saw you with balls on your face. Victoria just sent it oh, to yeah. me. I'm like, I have every to morning when the episode There's balls on. on my face every Thank morning. You. You. <laughs> I used, yeah, I'm just over here my, thinking, my what my have I done with too. my life? I used to punch people in the face for a living. And now I'm talking on a big podcast <laughs> talking about, about women's periods. Yeah. 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 Very interesting turn. Mike, I ask myself that question every day. Every day. Mike loves ice balls too. I, he pulls them out of my freezer and tries to take them. You do when you have headaches. Mike will use your yeah. ice balls yeah. for headaches. Yeah, you know what? That do. sounds like a move. CBD and balls together. Mm. Oh, like pop a gummy, yeah. lay on the couch, and yeah. just mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. it out. <laughs> Before you guys go, I have a question for each of you. You both have s- spoken in front of a lot of people. You mentioned 20,000 people earlier. I know you've spoken in front of huge crowds. What's the hack and the unlock for that? Ooh. And don't say hold a water bottle. When you say the hack and unlock, to do a good job, to calm your nerves, to not the shit your pants before. Thing. I want to know what, how you prepare mm. during, afterwards. That's it's not easy to go out and speak like that and be compelling. Yeah, I mean, that's is. that's a, that's a craft. For me, a little bit specific. When I get really nervous of speaking events, I it's going to sound stupid, but I literally say like, "What's the worst that's going to happen?" you're not going to get punched in the face today. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I kind of have that reference, but I think obviously the box breathing, I I love when someone whispers box breathing in my ear right before I go on stage, (laughs) but a couple things. One, the visualization is really important for me. I will go over my speech or what I'm talking about, depending on who I'm talking to and what's going on over and over and over again. So I play it out and I literally am standing and I'm picturing the crowd what it looks like, what it smells like, all the senses there. And so I did that with boxing. And now I I definitely translate that into the speaking. I think that helps me because you trick the brain into thinking that it's already been there. 
like hundreds of times. So that makes me incredibly calm. And then really just being authentic. And Angie can speak to that more than anybody. Like she's the weirdest person I know. And I say that with, with love (laughs) and it's, she's just like so fucking authentic about it. And that's one thing that I've learned from her. I've always gone out in these things thinking that I need to be somebody else wants, right? Like trying to impress them versus Angie. She hops on stage and she crushes it because she's just herself. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And she has this energy of like, I don't really give a fuck. So I envy her for that. Don't give a, yeah. don't give a fuck energy. Something I do is called the alter ego effect. If you guys have read this book, if you read mm-hmm. the alter ego, my friend Todd Herman wrote this book. And essentially it's that all of us are wearing different hats throughout the day. You guys are parents, you guys work, you know, you have your jobs and your careers, and then you're going to go be a friend. I mean, we have all these different roles. So when you're doing something you're afraid to do, it's almost like some people would claim this is disassociative, but it's in a healthy way. It's that you are going to embody the version of yourself and almost see yourself as a bird's eye view. It's almost like before I get on, I am this woman who doesn't give a fuck. She's just bold and she's vivacious. And it's like the version of me that that has that in her. And I go when I play that person. It's almost like when say it's it's acting, but you're you're putting on that your role, alter ego. Yeah, you're role playing in a sense. And what you do is when you're on there, it's almost like I'm watching the scene instead of me being in it and being nervous and staring at them. I'm seeing the entire thing go down. I'm like, oh, this isn't about me. It's about the message and it's about helping them. So I get out of my head and then I think, who what what would the girl do who's like super fearless, super brave right now? What would she say or how would she? How would she do you act up there? Memorize the speech before you get up, or do you memorize parts? It depends. So a lot of what I've done is extemporaneous speaking, which means I have a rough outline, and then in that I'm ad libbing a bit. Yeah. So that's what I'm Same. doing is I'm being present. I get grounded. I breathe a little bit. Get on stage and know that in that I have some wiggle room, but I've rehearsed at least the concepts or the big the big bullets, similar to almost a podcast. It's like you have the outline, but inside the outline you're going to be flexible. So. That's what I like. I'm getting into stand-up now, so that's going to be a little that's bit cool. more. Yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be more like every single word, every single giggle, every single thing that you think they're doing in the moment. It's not. It's all planned out, every single act out. So that's going to require me to be better at memorization. But now most of my my speaking is, is pretty ex- extemporaneous. Your the- parents did a beautiful job raising you guys. You're Aww. very multifaceted and well-rounded, well-read. I mean, I'm impressed. Aww. I appreciate that. I th- yeah, I mean, so I, you know what I was thinking too is like, you said something there about not making it about yourself. I think even like in a weird way, even in this podcast, I, I try because I used to, I still maybe better now, but my biggest fear used to be public speaking, right? Of all, and mm. all that's, wow, really? Yeah, I was like, that was my thing. I was like, oh. I was nervous of public speaking for whatever reason. I don't know. Eat one of those thing. CBD dog treats and but, call it a um, day. <laughs> but as soon as I realized, and it was just like actually just an objective observation is that everyone that's in an audience or even listening to this show, it's really, they're not actually, they're, they're having their own personal experience and it's about yes. them. They're not actually thinking about me it's about what they yeah. they take as soon as you like make it about them and not yes. yourself then it's really not you, you're not that nervous because you realize that you're not that important right exactly and they and they want you to win right so especially when, when you're going to a comedy show someone you like or you're watching a speech you want that person to win you're not thinking as, as audiences we're not like well i hope she falls on her face and sucks like we're not thinking that so you have to remember they want you to win so have fun with it get grounded play with them play with that energy and then just know that whatever happens, you're not going to die. Like you're not going to die on a stage. The worst thing that happens is I forgot a line or I got nervous and they didn't even notice. So it's like you, you we think about ourselves more than they are. Yeah. I'm like, oh, did they see my hair? Do they see, what if I make up? Like, they don't care. They're not going to remember that. Yeah. Like I just had to marry all. this, like some, some of our best friends and I, it's the first time I ever did it. And I realized like the, it was a breeze for me and normally I'd be nervous, but it was a breeze because I realized like, this is about their wedding day, them and their family watching them. Like I really was a prop. I had mm. not I like, prop, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it yeah. wasn't about me. And as soon as like I thought that way, I was like, oh, like. 
I don't really have That's anything to do with That's the key to our this. entire relationship. A pro. You're a pro. <laughs> right. Well, I'm a <laughs> Fine. On that note, can we do a giveaway and can we do a code? Yeah, absolutely. Free soul for life for everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. What yeah, code? No. We're going out of business. Can we do code skinny? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's okay. do code skinny. We'll have a beautiful landing page and I want your audience to experience CBD and feel um, like they have a trustworthy source. The one I would do, you guys, is the raspberry CBD drops. It's the raspberry lemonade because I would do this before I meditate. And then the one that I tried that I really, really liked is the pink lemonade. So good. That's the one I just had too. That was but great. the sleep one is like speaking to me. That's our bestseller. Because I did used to take weed mints. and How many of the sleep ones can you take? And how many of these can you take yeah. like, without like putting yourself under? I take sometimes two, but one will usually get the job done for most people. Everybody's different. It depends on body fat. There's so many different variables with with cannabinoids in general. But one to two of those is a great place to start. And how long do you you wait if you want? Like, say, like I have one. Like I just had one. If I wanted to do another, like how long would you wait before you tested another one? I would wait since thirty to forty five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Code skinny. Yeah. What's the percentage off? Twenty. Twenty. A hundred. Not a (laughs) hundred. Yeah. Twenty percent. It'll be twenty percent off. Yeah. If you have a dog that has hyper personality like mine does. I would get the dog. The audience too. would love a hundred, but for the business sake, I would say let's do <laughs> yeah. twenty. Right? Yeah. All right, we'll do. All right, we'll do twenty, and then we're and then happy can to we do, a do like a giveaway of a bunch of my favorites and Angie's favorites? Let's do it. Okay, so we'll do like a box of you guys' or my favorites of Angie's favorites, kind of in one. All you have to do is follow at git.soul on Instagram and tell us your favorite takeaway from this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. You guys, where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. I am uh, at official Mike Lee on Instagram. It's pretty much the only thing I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Angie Lee Show or uh, Angie Lee Show on podcasts. So yes, podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah we, yeah, we started a show called The Best Medicine Podcast. And our idea was interviewing a lot of health and wellness people, Brooke being one of them. But we've had breathwork practitioners. We've had professional athletes. A lot of psychedelics. We've talked. We had, <laughs> yeah, Aubrey Marcus on. Yeah. Tell us all his crazy psychedelic <laughs> stories. Yeah, it's been really cool to kind of dive into it. It's been a passion project for us and we're having a lot of fun with it. You guys are great. Thank you so much Aww, for coming on. What's thank the you for website? Us. And we'll link everything out too. Getsoul.com. Yeah. Getsoul.com. Get, get soul.com. Thank you guys. That was fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 